Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today we've got an amazing message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to Him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today. Hey, good morning everyone. Just uh, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, sure appreciate you doing so. Um, my name is Mike Hesh, and I'm with Healing Journeys today, and uh, I've got a good word for you today. Uh, I wanted to pick up uh, on, I thought I was finished last week, but uh, our father spoke to us and said that I kind of left you hanging there, on because uh, the title of it is Evil Spirits and Sickness, What is the Connection? And although I laid out about the connection that the word makes about how uh, they're inseparable, the uh, spirit from the physical, that there's a, an effect and a cause, a cause and effect that is always in play there. I didn't really explain or give any uh, examples, uh, you know, on how specifically that works. I get questions all the time where people say, like, uh, this is one that just came to my mind was uh, someone asked me, they said, hey, is all sickness spiritual? Is it always the oppression of the devil? And then they said, what about a virus that's out in the world and you catch a virus? Why not just take the, the, uh, the, you know, the medical treatment for it and kill the uh, virus and then you'll be back to normal? Well, uh, that's what I want to talk about today. How is it that the enemy accesses our body and what means he uses? Okay, very important. And uh, the, the effect doesn't always, that we see, doesn't always link to the what we think is the cause. Okay, so I want to just go over that a little bit uh, today uh, just to... Uh, help us all to see this more clearly. Last week, I read a few scriptures, and I want to just bring them back to your mind today because I want to focus on those a little bit more. In Job uh, chapter 2, it tells us that Satan smote Job from his crown of his head to the soles of his feet with sore boils. Now, how was Satan, who is a spirit, able to access his body in that way. Now, we talked a little bit about it, and we, I, in fact, I shared a whole stream on this topic, a uh, true stream I dedicated to this very particular point. But it was the fear that he got into that the enemy used to access his physical body. Now, let's go back a little bit further from Job. Let's go back to the garden. You know, in the garden, let me just flip there. I want to read that to you. Uh, in Genesis chapter 3, where Eve and Adam make a choice to depart from God's word, which his word to them was to not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he gave them that commandment, twofold reasons that was there. One was because if they partook of it, they would die. And the day that they ate of it, they would die. He knew that they would become separated from him. So he said, don't, I don't want to be separated from you. So please don't eat of that tree. You can eat of any other tree that I made, but don't eat of that. And the second reason was 
They needed an opportunity to choose. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to exercise their free will in following God's plan for them. Just like today. You know, the word tells us that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Why does he uh, make that, that uh, word? You know, why does he share that with us? Well, he wants us to know his heart is once we sin and we become separated from him, his desire is to bring us back to him. And he's going to work to that end. In fact, he's made a covenant with every man that's entered into this world to bring you back to him. But it's still up to us. We have the final choice uh, in choosing whether or not, you know, his will for us is done. Just like healing. You know, he provided healing for every born-again person in Christ Jesus. The healing is already there. But he can't go against our heart, our own free will. So although it's there deposited in us, it's still yielded to us whether or not we're going to choose to cooperate with that or not. Again, God will not impose his will on us. Why? Because God is a spirit, and the way we connect with God is through the spirit. And how do we connect with God through the spirit? Is through our faith. Our faith is our connection with God. In Ephesians chapter, uh, no, yeah, in, uh, I was going to say five, but it's 2 Corinthians uh, chapter five. It tells us that we walk by faith and not by sight. And Paul goes over and over in his revelation of Christ in you, the hope of glory. He goes over and over and says that if we walk in the spirit, we'll reap things of the spirit. But if we walk after the flesh, we're only going to reap things after the flesh. So the point I want to make here is that God gave them an opportunity to choose whether to walk in his will or not. And that's how they were able to exercise faith. Now, their steadfastness would have been to resist the idea, the thought, uh, to partake of that tree. Well, Eve yielded to the thoughts that the enemy spoke to her mind, and she yielded to them. It says in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11 that the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtleties, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. So there, uh, Paul is sharing with us that where Eve was deceived was in her mind. She heard the enemy speak to her, just like he does today to you and I. It might be through other people or other means, but he's communicating to us directly to our mind, whether it's by him just speaking directly to us or, as I said, through other people. That communication, although it enters into our mind, it's still subject to our consent or cooperation. In other words, the enemy cannot impose his will on you. In the same way, God cannot impose his will on us, nor will he. The enemy is, his will is to impose his will on you. So he's going to push you to that end where our father just presents a choice and shows you all the benefits of choosing it. And he also reveals to you what will happen if you don't choose what's best for you, but not as a threat or a, uh, what would you say, 
something to pro promote fear or terror, but it's just giving you the information you need. Just like he told Adam, he said, don't eat of that tree because the day that you eat of that tree, you will surely die. And God was saying, don't do that because I don't want you to die. So the point I want to get to was once they did sin, once they yielded their consent to the enemy, remember one of the key scriptures that we talked about in the last two weeks was to whomsoever, Romans 6, 16, to whomsoever you yield your members, servants to obey, their servant you become, whether sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. So we can either obey what the enemy is telling us, and that's going to produce death or separation from the good that's been prepared for us in Christ. Or you can obey righteousness, which is the, any truth that God has given us in his word. That And when we yield to that, it's going to produce the peaceable fruit of righteousness, it says, in those who are exercised thereby, Hebrews chapter 12. So that's very important for us to remember or to recall. Very important. So this same, see, God hasn't changed from the garden. The same principles that God operated under with Adam and Eve are still present today. The only difference is that we have redemption on this side of the tree, and we have received Christ as our Savior. And once you receive Christ as your Savior, then you're born again. In other words, the Spirit of Christ has entered into you and you now have life, okay? Where Adam and Eve, they never became reconnected to God through the Spirit because that wasn't available to them until after Christ came. And once he was risen, then the Spirit was given, as it says in uh, uh, John chapter 7, as well as Ephesians chapter 4. He led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. So, what I wanted to read in Genesis chapter 3, which is important, it relates to us how the enemy connects uh, sickness uh, uh, to our bodies and uh, why God gave us healing. So this is very important. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a second. Uh, let's see. It says... Uh, in verse uh, 15, he's speaking of the, uh, well, verse 14. And the Lord said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Now, he's not talking about a physical snake. He's talking about the serpent. And you can go to Revelation 12, and you can see that he's called by God, the dragon, that old serpent, the devil. So when he's speaking this over the serpent, he's speaking to the devil. And, uh, you know, I won't get into that now. And he said, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel, speaking of what Jesus did to the enemy, uh, Satan. And unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Now, this is the point I wanted to get to. And to Adam, he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, 
and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Now, this is important to note here. It goes on to say, Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. And then he says, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return to thy ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and to dust thou shalt return. This is very important. Now, God didn't make the ground uh, this way. The, again, the law of the blessing and the curse was in effect from the day that God released Adam and Eve to uh, dominion over the earth. And he told them, if you eat of the tree, you'll die. He said, if you don't eat the tree, you'll live. That, again, is the blessing and the curse. Now, here, what happened once they chose the curse? Well, the curse affected everything that was under Adam's dominion. And what, was, what, was it, what did Adam have dominion over? Everything that had to do with the dirt, okay? And so the enemy now had access to the dirt. What are you and I made of? We're made of dirt. Okay, so the enemy had access to our physical bodies through this curse that came as a result of sin. Now, uh, I won't go into all the details on this, but there's many ways that that curse can affect us. Uh, it can either affect us because of our own sin, what we choose to do, or as we talked about last week, the band in John 9 who was born blind, that sin was affecting uh, that affected that man, even though he personally didn't partake of it. So there, the sin that came in the world produced thorns and thistles, not just for Adam, but for all men afterwards. Thorns and thistles have been on the earth since Adam sinned. And even after the flood, when they were all wiped out, they all came right back because the curse was still present in the earth. Now, this is an important point to make because it shows how the enemy is able to use physical things to cause destruction in our life. Like the, the thorns and thistles grew up as a result of the curse that came upon the earth. Now, the enemy uses those. If you grab a thorn, uh, thorn bush, a, a rose bush, it's beautiful as a beautiful flower. But if you grab the stem, it's loaded with thorns that are going to hurt you. Okay, so it's no different than the enemy. The enemy uses something attractive to get our attention, and then when we grab hold of it, if it's from him, it's going to cause some kind of injury to us in some way. Remember, the only three blessings that Satan has to offer is death, destruction, and loss. And we don't want to partake of any three of those. And we can see that the moment that they yielded to Satan in the garden, what happened? They partook of death, destruction came into their life, and they immediately lost the Spirit of God. And that destruction stayed with them. Uh, you know, it was through toil that Abraham, uh, Abraham, that Adam had to bring forth his plants before they were growing freely, but now that the curse was in the earth, uh, plants may not grow, plants could be hindered. They grew better than they do today just because 
the, the environment of the world was different then because the canopy was still surrounding the earth and it was like a, a greenhouse effect or a, you know, like in a terrarium, the same kind of effect. So, but, but uh, Satan got, Satan got a hold of this, the earth, and then he began to work destruction in the earth. Now, there is, like I talked about a moment ago, there are viruses that, and diseases and sickness and germs all around in the earth, okay? But God created our body to overcome every single one of them, every single one of them. And the enemy knows that. And so the enemy has to work in ways to uh, weaken us so that we cannot respond in the way that God created us to physically alone. Okay. Now, how does he do that? Okay. Um, uh, well, let me back up just for a second. You know, uh, let's take again. Uh, I wanted to get back to this point. Joe, he said it's, he said that he smoked the Satan smoked Job with boils from his head to his foot. How was that possible? It was possible in the same way that thorns and thistles come up from the dirt. They don't have to, but they can. There is that potential in there. Now, Satan used that potential in our physical body to smite Job with sore boils. I'm going to talk about how that potential got there. Now, listen carefully. Think about the woman we read about last week who was bent over. She was bent over for 18 years. Now, we talked a little bit about how she was, and I dedicated a whole stream to that message. But think about this. That didn't happen instantly, okay? Think about this. I'm thinking of a person I know who had a lot of bitterness in their life. Uh, they had something bad happen to them by a person. Uh, they were mistreated, and it produced bitterness in them. It first started with unforgiveness, okay? They felt like that person valued uh, other people more than they valued themselves, and that hurt them. And so what happened? Uh, the enemy began to speak to them about that being an injustice. The enemy whispered in their ear, oh, look at that, talking to them continually about it, and then the enemy would use those other people involved in this situation to magnify what this person perceived was an injustice, okay? Now, this that resulted in unforgiveness in this person's heart. And that unforgiveness turned into resentment. And that resentment turned into an opportunity for the enemy to access their physical body. How did he do that? Well, your body, God created our bodies very resilient, and they can handle all kinds of stress, but there is a limit to which they can function under that stress. At some point, they're going to be weakened to the point where they're not, their bodies is going to respond incorrectly or has insufficient resources to dedicate to the challenge they're experiencing. It's no different than a piece of metal. If you take a piece of metal and you bend it back and forth and you keep bending it back and forth, that stress over a long period of time will weaken that metal and it'll eventually break. 
See, it has some flexibility in it and it can go back and forth many times, depending on the type of metal, it can go a long time before it loses its plasticity and it becomes brittle. And then once it's brittle, it'll break. Now that's what happens to us. The stress that enters into our body, our body can handle it and it, it adjusts to it. But as long as the stress is there, it's like taking the metal and bending it back and forth and back and forth. Okay. I want to give you a personal example of how that happened to me, but I first want to um, uh, go back to this point about um, uh, this person that I was sharing with. Uh, so they had this bitterness and resentment into their life, and they had it for a long time, like we're talking many, many, many years. And then they got sick. And the same person, their, their spouse, that uh, the same, their same spouse that they had resentment against, now they were even more resentful against that person because not only uh, was this person, um, their spouse, trying to uh, maintain and, and earn a living, but now they had demands that this person couldn't do both things at one time. So what did they do? Well, they, because of their own weaknesses and because the devil speak into their mind, they went to the thing that was uh, a security to them. So they continued to be a good provider. And, but that didn't help the situation because this other person, the enemy speaking to their mind and they're thinking, well, see, this person is this and this. So the resentment builds and what's happening the whole time is they're getting weaker and weaker. Their body's not able to handle that stress and the weak link within their physical body because of the curse being in the earth, there's a snap. And what does that mean? Well, they get a symptom in their body that needs to be overcome. Now, praise God for Jesus Christ, because that's when he came into the world, he defeated those weaknesses in such a way that through the spirit, we can overcome them. In other words, the the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead that dwells in us, he has given within that spirit power to quicken or give life to our mortal bodies. That's so important. And I just praise God for that because we're under stress all the time and we believe lies from the devil all the time that weaken us and weaken us. So anyway, this person eventually uh, received healing and was delivered. Now I want to share a testimony about me because I can relate this because I know all the intricate details because I realize my own heart. I see my own heart. Um, and let me, I'm sharing this because I want to point out to you how the enemy accesses us and turns a perfectly good, strong body into being able susceptible to viruses that it would normally just kick out. You know, I've had challenges, I'll throw this in first. You know, I've had challenges where the flu has knocked on my door, where sickness, colds, uh, you know, all sorts of things have knocked at my door. But because I don't accept them, I stand against them in the power of the spirit, not in the power of my flesh. In other words, when something knocks on my door, 
I don't run to all the supplements that I know, or I don't start taking this, that, and the other thinking, okay, that's my defense mechanism. No, we're told in the word that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers and, and the rulers of the darkness of this world. And it says that the weapons of our warfare are not in the flesh, they're in the spirit. That's so important. We have to keep our focus in the spirit. The minute the enemy pulls us into the flesh, we become weak. Okay? Jesus said, he said, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So why would we turn to the flesh? So I've been able to stand against many of those things and have never been overtaken by them since I began to understand these truths. So from that from that aspect alone, I can say, yes, I know that the power of the spirit is greater than the weakness of the physical flesh. But let me give you an example, a personal example that I can relate this point to you. I was working for, uh, I was actually volunteering at the church that I was attending. And I spent many hours there, uh, you know, volunteering because they were like doing a remodeling uh, and they were trying to fix up this one area that they were going to create a studio and things like that. So uh, I wanted to be a part of that. I felt like God had uh, called me to the ministry and I wasn't, you know, I didn't see any other way to do that ministry. So I thought, you know, I need a lot more to learn. I was learning a lot at this church. So I, I wanted to hang out with the pastor and glean any nuggets I could get from the word of God from him. So I hung out there and I, I, I worked and finally I was there so often and uh, um, that they offered me a position to come on to be an assistant was my title, assistant to the pastor. So I came on and the minute I came on, the devil whispered a lie into my ear and, and I received it into my heart that I did not realize that I had accepted until, uh, you'll hear in a minute, the lie that he spoke to me, I think it's important I tell you this, was that, wow, now that they're paying you, you're going to have to do a really good job. See, and that was a lie. I never thought to myself, the reason they asked me to come on is because they were already pleased with what I was doing and the help that I was giving. But because within my own heart, I had this, this performance in my mind and heart since my youth that you got to do good to get promoted. So I'm thinking, wow, once I'm promoted, now I got to do even more instead of just taking that thought and casting it down and saying, Father, thank you that I have this opportunity. This has been in my heart to be here and now I'm able to not only, uh, you know, voluntary wise, but now it'll help to provide all my needs. Instead of thinking that our father was fulfilling his word that says you do not muzzle the ox that treads the corn. And so I was treading the corn by uh, call of my father. And so he was not going to let me go unfed. And that was so important. But see, I didn't connect any of those dots. I was still in my mind under this lie that you have to perform even to get God's attention. Now, you know what happened to me? I was working there 
probably for, I don't know, three or four months. And uh, one day uh, we had this, uh, I was doing something around my house. It was a weekend, a Saturday. And, oh yeah, I was working on the plumbing and I was trying to fix something and uh, the water would not shut off. So what I was fixing, I couldn't get it soldered up. And I was just, you know, I didn't know, uh, I wasn't really uh, familiar with plumbing at that time. Uh, you know, as I am now, I didn't understand all, I knew how to solder and weld and stuff like that, but I didn't understand the, the uh, how you couldn't have any water. So I struggled with it and I got so much under stress that over that situation, ended up calling a plumber, they came out, fixed it right away. And, and but I didn't realize that all this stress, the stress now of having to perform uh, even at a higher level than I was, this need to be accepted by my pastor, and now this physical stress of here, I've got church in, uh, you know, in uh, like an hour, I had to be at church. And uh, oh, no, now I've got this leak and I can't get it. I can't shut the water off, you know, instead of thinking, who cares? The, the water is covered by the homeowners association. Just let it run out on the ground till I can fix it later. I didn't think of that. You know why I didn't? Because the enemy is right there speaking in my head. Oh, you can't read that like that. You got to get that done. What are people going to think? Blah, 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 blah. You know the scenario. You've heard it as many times as I have. <laughs> How the enemy pressures you. Well, anyway, a few weeks after that, that, that one Saturday, I started to... I had this, I had a, you know, dinner and then like, I'm getting ready uh, a few hours later. Uh, I don't know. I was getting ready to go somewhere and I had this cramping where I just like doubled over. It's like, whoa. And, you know, I said, no, in Jesus name. And, and, uh, and I thought, what could that be? And uh, so I thought, well, maybe something I ate was bad and it just wouldn't go away. It just hung on. And I was very uncomfortable. I still had to go do what I did and, and just was not a happy camper. Well, that, that stayed in my life and got progressively worse to where I was pretty much uh, very touchy about what I ate for months. And then when it wouldn't go away uh, after prayer and everything, I went to a naturopath thinking uh, by, you know, I was referred by a friend. And they said, well, they can help you at least with the symptoms till God heals you. And so, uh, you know, I went there and, and uh, they, you know, I did all these ungodly tests and everything. It was crazy, you know, and I got some symptomatic relief from time to time, but it never went away. Now, I want this, this conclusion is so important because uh, this relates back to the story here. Do you know that... Um, one day I was reading in the scriptures in Proverbs chapter three about, uh, you know, be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, depart from evil. It will be health to your nerves and marrow to your bones. And when I read that, it just like God showed me that I was wise in my own eyes by thinking that I could perform uh, to be acceptable instead of trusting him. And what did that do to me? That turned my nerves into knots. And those knots produced those symptoms that I was having in my physical body. 
Wow, when I saw that, I realized that I had opened the door to the enemy and he was, that stress that he was using was actually physically affecting me because my body wasn't able to handle all of that uh, stress. And so a weak link, which was in my gut at that time, I guess, uh, is where everything went uh, haywire. But do you know that when I repented, I just simply said, Father, I'm sorry. I realized the sin that I was in and I instantly repented. Do you know with, within two weeks, every symptom was gone, completely gone. In other words, there was no more place for the devil to work in my physical system, uh, my physical body. That just went away. Now, did God heal me? Well, no, he didn't heal me. He sent me the truth, his word. And when I believed the word over the lie of the enemy, the enemy had no more place there. And what did that do? It took away access to my physical body. So no different than the woman that was bent over, I was going to relate to you guys also in Luke 13. Now she was bent over and Jesus said that she was bound by a spirit of infirmity from Satan for 18 years. See, she struggled with the same problem. Jesus doesn't give us the details or the insight as to what, how the enemy gained access in her life. But I can tell you that the person I was sharing about before with the bitterness and resentment, they got arthritis to the point where they were in a wheelchair. But when they saw the truth, and they began to capture thoughts and, and uh, when they forgave their spouse in their heart and they let go of that, they immediately began to recover also. Their process was a little bit longer because they had been in it for so many years. Unlike me, just a year and a half and then boom, I was just recovered so quickly. And uh, on a side note, this is going to, I want you to remember what I just shared because I'm going to share on uh, the recovery process, you know, about miracle healings, um, instantaneous healings, progressive healings, um, what are they called? Creative miracles. That is going to go to that teaching also. But I thought this foundation about how the evil spirits work would be very important to lay this foundation before I'm able to get into that. So we will get into that. I, I've heard all your replies and I'm going to do that. But I'm going to follow the Lord because he knows what we need to prepare our hearts to hear those other truths. So anyway, I was saying that, um, you know, in my situation, the enemy gained access through this fear of being rejected or this, this need that I had to perform in order to be accepted or to be recognized or to be promoted. And it caused me to be wise in my own eyes. In other words, in a, in a different sort of way, I was lifted up, even though I felt inside inferior, uh, you know, not worthy, yet my actions were like, well, I can be worthy, and because I'll be worthy, then I'll get this, and then I'll get that, instead of realizing that, like Jesus said, without the Father, he could do nothing. How simple is that? That was the cure. And uh, so anyway, what I wanted to, I wanted to bring out this point because it's so relevant to today. You know, we've heard many people talk about this, um, 
the coronavirus and uh you know since you know what was it 2019 uh december of 2019 that they said it came into the world well you know it was always there it's just that what that particular uh virus uh they that they made in their lab or wherever it was formulated it was ultimately the devil working to uh use to use it to influence people's lives now the virus in and of itself is not harmful uh, in the sense that it'll kill people. It only kills people that are weakened. Now think about how the enemy can have access. I call it, it wasn't a pandemic, it was a plandemic. In other words, it was systematically imposed upon the world. And how did they do that? They did that through what? Through fear. They used the media as the voice box of the enemy to instill fear throughout the entire world, okay? Now, fear is what weakened those people to the point, just like Job, to the point where some of those who got the virus, actually, because the fear was so great in their heart, they yielded to it and thought and gave place to the thoughts of the enemy for it to be much worse than it really was supposed to be. And it caused so many people to die, not from the virus, but from the, uh, from the complications uh, in handling it or treating it or whatever, okay? So again, the same thing uh, I wanna point out here is the enemy prepared everyone by giving them fear. This fear was everywhere you looked. If you listened to the media, they made it seem like if you got it, you had 10 minutes and you were going to die. You know, they made it seem so deadly and terrible. But yet now that it's all over, if you look at the facts and you compare them with other viruses, it was not any more harmful. In fact, less than many others that have been in this world. It didn't cause it didn't cause as many problems, but why was it so effective in killing and hurting people? Again, the enemy used the fear to access people's heart, that put them under the stress, that opened their heart to receive something that normally their body was able to fight off, the stress that they had about it, the fear, the panic, the worry that they had about it, weakened them to the point where they couldn't respond properly. Now, there's so many other factors that I'll talk about in another study that influence our physical body that make us more or less resilient and more susceptible to the enemy's attacks. But I, that's for another study. But the point I want to make here is that the enemy uses let me read the scripture. I think it'll help tie everything together and we can probably wrap it up with this. Go with me to Hebrews. Is it in Hebrews? No, I let's go. Let's go. Um, yeah, let's go to he Hebrews. There's another place too, but I think uh, Hebrews is best. Go to Hebrews chapter two. Ah, there's a lot of places that talk about this, but in Hebrews chapter 2, I think, is uh, kind of summarizes the leverage that the enemy uses through his devices. 
Notice it says, I'm in uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. It says, for as, for, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself, speaking of Jesus, took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. See, that bondage there, we could also call stress. It holds you captive. It keeps you. It limits you. It prevents you from walking in peace. And peace is what God gave us as a strength. Joy is what God gave us as strength. All the fruit of the Spirit that he has given us that we walk in produces life. But any kind of fear, any kind of bondage, any kind of limitation uh, that the enemy brings in our life is designed for what purpose? To remove life. See, that's what he has. It says he had the power of death. And you know, it tells us in Corinthians and also in Revelation that that is the last enemy to be destroyed is death. And death is still in the world today. And the enemy uses it to manipulate us. And many people their whole lifetime are subject to that and are in total stress. Why? Because they're afraid. They're afraid of dying. All of their decisions, all of their choices are, are, are uh, filtered through that fear. And over a period of time, they're actually inviting that very thing into their life through that fear. No different than Job. It says, Job said, the thing which I feared most has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of has come. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, yet trouble came. So just to kind of tie this all together, the enemy uses a thought an oppression of some type or some kind. Let's just use fear for example. He uses the fear. He speaks it to our minds. We accept the fear. The fear creates an internal stress in us. That stress that's always there, it's like a burner. It's like a pot of water on the back burner on low. It never really boils. It just is right at that edge. But if you turn it up one degree, what happens? It boils over. Well, that's what the enemy does with his thoughts. When we accept them, they're designed to bring forth death into our life. So let's say you get a virus, okay? That virus comes into your life. You can either run to the doctor and take all sorts of medications, which they can't kill a virus. You know, they can't go into your body and zero in on it, find it, and kill it. There's nothing that specifically does that. But what medications and things like that usually are intend to do is to strengthen you uh, while your body is fighting uh, that, that virus off. Because that's God set up our body's ability to combat or to fight or to remove those viruses. Now the devil has uh, made viruses that are resistant to man, but they're not resistant to what God has given us in Christ Jesus. So we can either lean to the arm of the flesh and say, okay, I'll go to the doctor, I'll get these treatments. And that's like just a roll of the dice. It's a crapshoot. You may never 
you might get worse, not better. And if you haven't dealt with the fears that you have of it that led you to run to the doctor uh, to get deliverance, then you're that's still stress in your life and that's weakening, weakening you from within. So even if you're taking all the treatments and you still have this fear, you're still cooperating with the enemy and the power that you have that would overcome that virus through your belief and steadfastness on the truth is compromised because your heart is divided. Remember, a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways. That includes how their physical body is going to respond to sickness and disease. So it's very important that we bring those thoughts captive, that when we're in the word seeing truth, that we embrace that, yes, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every voice rising against me, I'm going to condemn. That's my heritage because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When we see that, that's how we should respond. But if we don't, ultimately, our body could be weakened to the state through the stress and the lies that we have received and believed to actually give the enemy advantage to bring forth death in our life. Even though we're born again and spirit-filled, that's not God's will. That's not God's heart for us. So the key to overcoming it, as I expressed before, is that we have to give our ear to the word of God. And we should not let our eyes depart from that. The moment we uh, perceive a weakness come into our flesh or attack of the flesh, we need to do like it says. We need to condemn that voice that goes along with that. And we need, to, we need to use the weapons that we've been given spiritually to stand against that weapon that was formed against us, whether it's a virus, whether it's a lie, whether it, no matter what the, the uh, contagion might be, we are going to stand against it and use the weapons of our warfare, which are mighty through God in the spirit, and they pull down all the strongholds. So I think this, this uh, lesson that I went through is uh, very important before we get into the other things that we have talked about. This is a, so important, this foundation. And you can go back and look at all my messages. The very first two messages that I shared was that the root of sickness and disease is not physical. It is spiritual. Although a virus might come into you that is physical, you, the weapon that you've been given to overcome that is spiritual. And the, what made you susceptible to that could have been a spiritual weapon or, or not, okay? But either way, the strength that we have been given is through the Spirit to overcome that. We're told, and I'm going to remind you of these scriptures that we started to study with, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it tells us that every person that Jesus healed he delivered them from oppression of the devil. It says he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, God is with us, and, and if we're doing the same works that Jesus did, when we perceive a need for healing in our bodies, then we have to do it the same way that Jesus did and remove the oppression of the devil. And our body will recover, whether it's supernaturally, whether it's just 
goes back to what God has already placed in it, or whether it's for uh, whether we need a miracle, whatever's necessary. And we talked a little bit about that last time, how Jesus rebuked the spirit that was in that woman in Luke 13 that was bent over, and then he laid his hands on her, and she was immediately made straight. So he took care of the spiritual and then addressed the physical. So folks, I think that's, uh, I, yeah, I think that that is, I just have a piece about ending this here. And again, I want to say thank you for joining me. So appreciate your hearts for this. And, and Father, in Jesus' name, as I do, whether I share it here on the stream or not, I pray for all these folks that tuned in and those that will hear this message at any time, that it'll be quickened to their heart and they'll see the victory that you've given them in Christ Jesus. And their heart will exalt that victory that you've given them in Christ so that they can experience that victory that you've given them to overcome all the oppression of the enemy. Father, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching. Thank you for listening to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. And don't forget, you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate, please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com. Isaiah 53.5 says, And by His stripes we are healed. God bless you.